Blog Talk Radio. This is a post time with Mike and Mike production. Quiglet, Jiglet, what a race! Always be Mickey on the outside. Always be Mickey. They're off and it is on. And betting line has taken the lead. Two, two, boom! Just like that! You're tuned in to Harness Racing's fastest 90 minutes post time with Mike and Mike. With co host Mike Carter. Believe in the spirit? Do you believe in miracles? And Mike Bozen. Smoking Gun Shaman Hall production. Smoking Gun is flying. Here comes Smoking Gun. I don't know! I am. That just happened! That just happened! Another scintillating week of harness racing is upon us. You've got post time with Mike and Mike presented by Bet America. Mike Carter alongside of Mike Bozich. And Mike, boy, do we have a big weekend of harness racing coming up here uh, on Friday and Saturday. Wait a minute. What was the word you used to start this show? <laughs> scintillating. You've been, you've been practicing that one for hours, haven't you? I, you've got I, I open have. Written down. You wrote this open down, didn't you? Not only did I write it down, I've been practicing it for three days. I made sure Trevor Denman said it a couple times, too. You did. I'll tell you what, that was a very, very good <laughs> open. A great way to open what is going to be a great show, Mike. And I'll tell you what, we've been at this thing for about a year and a half now. And we have got, with the exception of Darren Gandhi, of course, who hosts the weekly Running Aces segment, and our good friend Kevin Decker, the director of racetrack operations at the Meadows, we've got a lot of firsts on this program. Andy Miller's never been on this program, which is amazing that he hasn't been on this program in a year and a half. He's going to be here today, as well as Mike, one of the guys that we looked up to uh, as announcers trying to break into this business. Frank Salive will be on this program. And how excited am I to get a chance to talk with Frank? I actually met Frank, Mike, back at Hazel Park. I want to say it was back in 2005 and 2006. And uh, we let him call a couple of races And I'll tell you what, I was just, I couldn't believe, I had to pinch myself to uh, grasp the fact that I was standing in the same booth with Frank Salif. But he's going to be on this program today, Mike. I can't wait. Listen, uh, I've got some ammonia tabs in case you need them over here, okay? (laughs) Just in case. (laughs) We're going to be be talking about the uh, Plain Ridge, excuse me, Spirit of Massachusetts Open Trot coming up on Friday. Steve O'Toole, the Director of Racing Operations at Plain Ridge Park, is going to join the program. And Mike, what a powerhouse race that they have come up with. Of course, Hanalore Hanover Resolve, Crazy Wow, Abrogado. It's a fantastic race they've put together. And another big race coming up uh, this weekend, and we're going to talk with Kevin Decker about it, is the Adios. It's Fear the Dragon versus Huntsville, round number two. And uh, this is almost like, uh, uh, well, I can't even believe I'm going to compare it to this. This is almost like Mayweather-McGregor. Well, this is, uh, yeah, round two. These guys might be uh, better than that. 
Well, I'll tell you, it might be. And, and what a great effort in the Meadowlands paced by Huntsville. And I know Fear the Dragon was absent, but I'll tell you what, Huntsville showed me something, showed a lot of heart in that particular race. And, uh, Mike, I've watched that stretch drive about five or six times. And every time I watch that stretch drive, as down by the seaside, just past the three-quarter pole, start at the gain ground on Huntsville for that entire quarter mile mike it looked to me like down by the seaside was going to gun him down and i was just waiting for down by the seaside to go by and huntsville dug in it was a great stretch battle and huntsville picked the uh picked up the victory and now he faces the big dog fear the dragon they're one two in the uh, hamiltonian the uh, breeders ground pole and I'll tell you what, Mike, I can't wait. It's just going to be a fantastic race. Kevin Decker is going to be joining us in a few minutes. But, Mike, while we have a few minutes to start this program, I want to thank T.J. Burkett and Charlene Sharp and Allison Conti and the fine people at Hoofbeats because what a great article they wrote on us, Mike, post-time with Mike and Mike, and uh, a couple of great pictures on there, although I got to say you had the better picture than me, okay? (laughs) But nonetheless, it was a fantastic article, and truly, uh, from the bottom of my heart, and I'm sure I could speak for you and and all the staff at post-time with Mike and Mike when I say a big thank you to them, guys. They're wonderful people, and it was a great article, and if you get a chance, check it out, because, Mike, it was pretty awesome. Yeah, definitely. Uh, it was a great article, a fantastic read, and uh, you know, the, you know, there's the one thing I loved about the article was the amount of truth that was in it. Uh, more specifically, the first paragraph about how we started this thing. Uh, yeah. We get que- we get que- listen, we get questions all the time about how did you guys come up with this? How did you guys do this? How did you guys start? And, and really, in theory, and play a little bit of spoiler, this was literally we were sitting having a beer one night. That's really what it comes down to. This was nothing. Uh, this was nothing that we had planned out months in advance. This was something we kind of started on the fly, and it's been a wild ride. And we have to thank. All of our listeners who uh, tune in every single week, for those who listen on the archive are going to hear this later on, thank you to you as well. We know everybody's not available to listen at 10, 1030 in the morning, but we appreciate you taking time, uh, maybe an hour, hour and a half throughout your day to take a listen to us. Absolutely. And, you know, scouring the stats at Blog Talk Radio, and you got to keep in mind that Blog Talk Radio is not our only outlet. So the only stats that we have available to us as far as listenership and amount of listenership is what we get off of blog talk radio. And we have had, and this is just a great stat. We have had over 20,000 unique listeners. That means 20,000 different people listening to us for the very first time. And that's really just an awesome, awesome stat. I never, you know, dreamed it that it would take off as it has. And, once again, thank you to the listeners. Thank you to the sponsors. Thank you to all of our guests. I mean, the, the horsemen have been great. Everybody's been great. Everybody has just been top notch. And this has uh, really been a lot smoother ride than I thought it would be a year and a half ago <laughs> when we started this thing off. Well, I'll tell you what, enough about that. If you want to check out the article, it's available on the uh, Hoof Beach. You could uh, download it online, I believe, Mike. Probably their Facebook page yeah. is the easiest way to get it, right? Oh, yeah. Down through their Facebook page. Uh, We posted a uh, link through our Twitter and our Facebook pages yesterday. So uh, make sure you check it out. All right. Let's talk some harness racing, my friend. When we come back, it's the director of racetrack operations at the Meadows, Kevin Decker. We're going to talk some adios coming up on Saturday. And what a great race it is. You've got post time with Mike and Mike presented by Bet America. Now at Bet America, every track is a bonus track. 
Earn rewards points for every wager you make on every track. We also offer more points for all exotic wagers. And don't forget about our weekly promos. Check our calendar to see how you can earn double points on featured tracks and races. Sign up for Bet America today to start earning points and get up to a $400 bonus with our new 200% deposit match. See our website for reward points, state restrictions. Embroidery Unlimited is a premier provider of quality embroidery, screen printing, and promotional products. Our commitment to quality and pride in our work is second to none. We focus on quality and customer service. For all of your stable or business needs, Embroidery Unlimited is the number one provider in harness racing. Give Jim Winsky a call at 508-485-5522. That's 508-485-5522. Or visit them on the internet at EmbroideryUNL.com. That's EmbroideryUNL.com. Embroidery Unlimited. Join us for the 23rd Annual National Standard Bread Horse Show, August 12th and 13th at the Horse Park of New Jersey. Pre-entries close July 26th. Divisions offered include English, Western, Driving, Dressage, In-Hand, Showmanship, Gated, Jumper, Hunter, Speed, Fun, Equitation, Fresh Off the Track, Jersey Bread, and Roadster. There'll also be a stick horse rodeo for children between 3 and 10. Also, want a chance to receive $200 in cash and a custom belt buckle? Participate in the Pacing for the Cure in-hand trail. Visit sphonj.org for more information. That's sphonj.org for more information. It's the 23rd Annual National Standard Bread Horse Show, August 12th and 13th at the Horse Park of New Jersey, presented jointly by the SPHO of New Jersey and the SBOA of New Jersey and our numerous sponsors. Pre-entries close July 26th. Be there! We're back on Post Time with Mike and Mike, presented by Bet America. Mike Bozich, along with Mike Carter, a jam-packed show today. The Orange Crush, Andy Miller, will be joining us near the top of the hour. Plus, it's Darren Gagne. He'll be hosting the weekly Running Aces segment. Steve O'Toole, our man from Plain Ridge, will be talking about the inaugural Spirit of Massachusetts trot coming up on Friday. And Frank Salive will be joining us as well. He just called his 150,000th race. Wow. Frank will be joining us about 11.15 or so. But first, it's our guy from the Meadows, the director of racetrack operations, Kevin Decker. Kevin, how goes it? Doing just fine. How about yourselves, gentlemen? Well, you've got a big weekend coming up, my friend. It's uh, the Adios, and what a great race it is going to be is uh, Fear the Dragon versus Huntsville. Uh, no question about it, the two best three-year-olds on the planet will be duking it out. You have to be looking forward to it. Tell us what's uh, going on come Adios Day. Well, we're very, very, uh, very much looking forward to uh, the 11th race on Saturday, the uh, the Dell and Miller Adios. You know, last week, uh, Huntsville really got challenged throughout the mile. He was parked out, you know, for basically the first half a mile. Uh, Bloodline, who, who uh, drew post position A, was the horse that uh, that did that, so it was a, just a wicked gate speed. But uh, uh, Huntsville's to the inside this week, but uh, to the inside of Huntsville by one spot is Fear the Dragon. And it was by the uh, the draw of the lot that uh, Fear the Dragon got in. 
the two winners get to pick their post positions. Fear the Dragon won the uh, the draw of luck uh, from the judge. Ended up taking post position three, Huntsville starting right next door at, uh, at post position four. Fear the Dragon was able to work on a trip. They went to the half, and if you can call it a pedestrian 55, but they did go in, uh, in 55 <laughs> and then closed up for, uh, for the victory. Uh, this is, this is going to be one heck of a race, I think, between these two. Uh, a couple of horses maybe to keep an eye on. To the inside of uh, Fear the Dragon out of the one hole is RJP. And I bring that up because this one did go first over at Huntsville and ended up with a fourth-place finish, but that was the first time that Ronnie Burke had this horse in his barn. This will be the second start for him. Uh, they purchased the horse privately from uh, from the Irv Miller stable. And generally speaking, the Burke horses, they do well their first time out. They do even better their second time out when they uh, when they come out of that barn. Uh, another one out of, out of uh, his barn to keep an eye on is Me So Fast. If they should mix it up early, probably might be one of the better closers in the race. Uh, uh, especially off of the last effort uh, when this one was closing in on Huntsville, came home in 28, but this one's coming home in 26 and uh, in some change before over a 5.8 mile track. So I think if they mix it up early, uh, we'll probably see me so fast probably coming on at the end. You know, Kevin and Mike, I know you got a question, but uh, Kevin, I just had to interject here because you talk about that second time Ron Burke angle. There was an overnight here about a week or two back where uh, a second time Burke horse paid $72 to win. So an obvious uh, big time angle. How that horse paid seventy two dollars, I'll never know. But uh, nonetheless, Mike, go ahead. Thanks for the permission. There. No, I'm just kidding. I'm just kidding. <laughs> Kevin, you guys have a stakes laden program, and when we were talking about it before you came on the program, we kind of uh, talked about Fear the Dragon and Huntsville kind of being like uh, Mayweather and McGregor is right now. These two have traded punches throughout the Pennsylvania Sire Stakes, and it, it's almost like the Wiggle It Jiggle It Always Be Mickey from. Uh, 2016 you know of course it's you know they've been kind of trading punches back and forth what's it like to have the two biggest horses come up to your race this weekend well first off I'm glad that the connections decided to stay eligible uh, throughout but but second that it worked out on their schedule for both of them to uh, to come here you know it is the one thing about the three-year-old uh, the pacing ranks for the stakes you have plenty of opportunities to race wherever you can and the fact that the, both of these horses uh put this on their roadmap for uh for the season we're very happy that uh that that they went that direction and uh, uh we couldn't be any happier to to see both of them go uh go postward on saturday as far as the uh the undercard goes you're right uh stakes laden in uh the 10 of the first 11 races are stakes races we're going to have a pick four guarantee of 7500 dollars for races four through seven then we've added a special pick four. Uh, I, I, I kind of call this the Adio Volo Adios uh, pick four, if you will. Uh, that'll start on race nine. It'll be races nine, 10, 11, and 12. The 12th race is a, uh, an eight-horse overnight, which will uh, add, to the, uh, add to the interest. And then we have a pick five that's on the last five races, 12 through 16. We up that to $10,000 for, uh, for Saturday. So uh, it should be uh, – should be some good betting out there for you as well as uh, some great racing that you're going to be seeing on Saturday. No question about it. Kevin, before we let you go, this race is uh, named after uh, one of the guys that has been so influential in the sport of harness racing. Of course, uh, Delvin Miller. Delvin, just uh, one of the guys. I mean, he's did so much for the sport of harness racing on so many levels. Talk to us a little bit about uh, Delvin Miller. Have you ever had any interactions with Delvin? You know, when I started my career, it was really in the last five or six years of his life. 
Um, I did have a chance to meet him a couple of times, and, and, and the one word that comes to your mind is class. What a what a classy individual. And he, once you met him, you remembered your name and uh, always had time for you and just uh, just a wonderful person to uh, to be around. He, of course, founded the Meadows back in 1963. And it's kind of a funny story how the Meadows was founded, where it's located. We're in Washington County, which is about 25 miles outside of Pittsburgh. He actually wanted to have the track closer to Pittsburgh, but the voters in Allegheny County at the time in the early 60s they didn't want to have any sort of horse betting in Allegheny County. So he said, well, you know, I got some land out in Washington County. Let's see if we can get it passed there. And the voters there overwhelmingly here, uh, approved the, uh, approved pair mutual wagering and, uh, and the horse track coming to Washington County and, uh, the rest is history. Uh, so, uh, you know, as far as, uh, the Adios itself, the race is named after his grand stallion Adios, he wanted to have a way to, to memorialize him because he had done so many great things for uh, for Delvin uh, in the breeding shed, and uh, just absolutely uh, a great way to to remember because now it's we're in our 51st Adios, and we now remember him because of that race. And we still have our statue of Adios at the front of our uh, at the front of our racetrack casino as well. And uh, we tend to decorate Adios actually for uh, for certain events. For instance, on St. Patrick's Day, we put uh, uh, a blanket of uh, of shamrocks on him and a uh, a party hat and for the Fourth of July he was adorned in red, white, and blue. So uh, we the spirit of adios and the spirit of fun uh, still here with Delvin. All right, all eyes will be on the Meadows come Saturday. It's the 51st Delvin Miller Adios at the Meadows Race 11 on the program featuring two three-year-old heavyweights, Fear the Dragon and Hunt Spill, and a fantastic card overall. Kevin, we certainly appreciate you joining us. Best of luck to you Saturday, my friend. Okay, one last thing I do want to mention. Special yes, post time is 12.05 on Saturday, so we're starting about an hour earlier. So don't want anybody to miss all the action. All right, 12.05 to start. We appreciate it, buddy. Good luck. Okay, thank you. All right, that was Kevin Decker. Uh, and I'll tell you what, Mike, uh, Delvin Miller, if you, if you ever get a chance to Google Devin, Delvin Miller, and I know you're a young guy, Mike, and, uh, you know, I'm, I'm not that too far. Not as young as you. Well, yeah, sure, right, right. <laughs> but uh, if you ever get a chance, and all the younger guys out there that are coming up in this business, if you ever get a chance to sit down in front of a computer, Google the name Delvin Miller, just all the things that this guy has done for the sport of racing and uh, that's who the adios is named after but mike what a great race that is going to be and i'll tell you what kevin brought up a good point about i think from a wagering point of view people perhaps are going to get locked up between this who's it going to be fear the dragon or huntsville there's a couple of other horses in that race that could wake up and surprise you know, they didn't face each other in the elimination, so the question you always have is, are these two going to go out and kill each other? That's another right. big thing. You know, are they going to go out and race each other? And if that's the case, you know, this race could be wide open. You know, of course, you have RJP, um, who drew the inside. Hylator has been known to come from off the pace. Um, Me So Fast is kind of my question mark horse. Uh, he does have a mark of 49-2. and two. Uh, Eddard Hanover, I'm not uh, too sure about uh, for trainer Ron Burke, driver Brett Miller, but he has won two races with a mark of 50 and four. This race could turn into a wide open event if uh, the pace is too fast on the front end. Yeah, it sure can. Well, we've got lots left on this edition of Post Time with Mike and Mike. We're just getting started. The party is just getting started, as they like to say. The Orange Crush Andy Miller is going to join us. Steve O'Toole from Plainridge. We're going to talk about the inaugural spirit of Massachusetts Trot. Plus, let's see who else we got. Frank Salib 
And Darren Gagne is going to host the weekly Running Aces segment. Lots going on on this edition of Post Time with Mike and Mike, presented by Bet America. We're going to take a timeout. And when we come back, we'll have Andy Miller on Post Time with Mike and Mike, presented by Bet America. The Kentucky Sire Stinks is a culmination of a month-long series of preliminary races with the biggest money earners getting a chance to compete in one of the richest finals in North America. The Kentucky Sire Stinks includes two- and three-year-old Pacers and Trotters competing for over $2 million in purses. All the races are conducted at the historic Red Mile in Lexington, Kentucky. The series starts on Thursday, August 17th at 7 p.m. For more information, visit khrc.ky.gov. That's khrc.ky.gov. Join Meadowlands Racing and Entertainment for their fourth annual Food Truck Seafood Festival coming up on Saturday. The event begins at 6 p.m. on the East Apron near the Winter Circle. For more information, visit PlayMetalands.com. Looking for the hottest Hambletonian party around? Come on out to the official Hambletonian party at Victory Lounge and Sports Bar at the Meadowlands, Friday, August 4th at 6 p.m. Tickets are just $50, and they include appetizers, desserts, open bar, and $25 at casino chips. $125 gets you all of the above, plus a seat at the charity poker tournament. First place in the tournament gets you a trip for two to Las Vegas, including airfare and hotel. For more information, email operations at harnessmuseum.com. That's operations at harnessmuseum.com. The New Vocations Racehorse Adoption Program places retired racehorses into approved monitored homes and transitions them into second careers. New Vocations has placed over 350 retired standard breads the past three years. They are now accepting horses from all racetracks in the United States. New Vocations has facilities in Ohio, Kentucky, and Pennsylvania and is expanding to New York. To learn more, visit newvocations.org and on Facebook at New Vocations. Racehorse Adoption Program. We're back on Post Time with Mike and Mike, presented by But America. Mike Bozich, along with Mike Carter, right now we're joined by the Orange Crush, Andy Miller. Andy, I can't believe that we've been doing this program for nearly two years, and this is the first time you've been on this program. But welcome aboard, my friend. Thank you. Thanks for having me. All right. Well, listen, a a great week for you last week at Harris, Philadelphia. Back-to-back track records on two different days. First with the uh, aged uh, trotter opulent Yankee, a 151-4 and performance uh, track record for aged geldings. And then the very next day, Mets Hall, 155-1, and setting the track record for two-year-old Colt Trotters uh, in a Pennsylvania Sire Stakes event. First of all, let's uh, talk about Mets Hall. This is obviously a, a pretty nice young horse. Uh, give us your thoughts on him and uh, perhaps what's ahead for uh, his agenda the rest of the year. Yeah, he's he's a very nice young colt, and, uh, you know, he's done everything we've asked. I was kind of disappointed when he drew the outside, but he overcame it and was really strong finishing there and uh, went a really good mile, track record mile. And now he goes to the Peter Houghton. Uh, he's in 
tomorrow at the Meadowlands, and he drew bad again. But uh, I think he's good enough to overcome it and uh, make his presence felt, hopefully uh, get into the final and draw a little better. And then, of course, the uh, other horse that you uh, catch drove, and we'll get back to your stable in just a moment, but did want to touch on uh, Opulent Yankee, a horse that uh, you've driven quite a few times. And uh, did that mile kind of, uh, did that take you by surprise? Yeah, it did a little bit. Uh, you know, he's a very fast little horse, and uh, and he was just cruising along, and when the timer popped up 51-4, and four, I was really surprised. I, You know, I, I knew we were going pretty good, but I didn't expect uh, or didn't, think that we are going quite that much but he did it pretty handily Andy since this is your uh, first time on the show uh, I do want to ask now you're just under 8,700 victories in your career and over 113 million in purses just uh, how did you get started in the industry and uh, how did you get started driving horses well I I grew up in Arthur Illinois in the Amish community and uh, I left there and went to work for one of the top stables in Illinois Texmoke and worked there for eight years, and we had a lot of the top Illinois breads then. And then uh, got married to Julie and uh, moved to Chicago and started full-time catch driving there. And then in 2006, moved uh, out east uh, to New Jersey and started driving at the Meadowlands. Uh, and we kind of built up a little stable after that, me and Julie, and uh, just kept uh, adding from there. Yeah, that's. I'll tell you what, that's certainly a shame. Now, I grew up in the Chicagoland area, grew up right over the border in a beautiful town known as Gary, Indiana. And, oh, yeah. <laughs> uh, but, well, not so beautiful town, I guess you could say. But, you know, uh, I'll tell you what, Illinois racing, Andy, was, was just uh, superb at the time. I mean, it was great. It had you and, and uh, Tony Morgan and just a lot of great horses, a great, great program, a good fair circuit. Of course, you had the fair down there with Springfield and the coin. And, of course, you know, Balmoral. And back then, when Balmoral was a 5.8, it was a B track. Not a lot of people remember that with, with the Maywood Park. And then, of course, Sportsman's Park during the summer. That was really a shame what, what the happened to Illinois. And, and obviously – if they had expanded gaming, I'd, I'd go on the limb and say you'd probably still be there, huh? Absolutely. I loved it, and I started out driving at Sportsman's, and, uh, you know, it was second only to the Meadowlands then pretty much, and uh, it was a great spot to race and and a lot of really good horses, and, uh, you know, it's a shame it's fallen by the wayside like it has. Andy, I'm going to kind of put you on the spot for just a second. You've won a ton of races. You've won a ton of big races. Is there one race that you haven't been able to win that you'd like to? Um, obviously, any. Uh, there's a lot of races I'd love to win. Uh, I mean, the Hamiltonian, the Jug, uh, you know, I've won a few Breeders' Crowns. But, uh, you know, I'd love to win the Hamiltonian. But uh, just being in it is a thrill. Let's talk a little bit about, speaking of that, let's talk a little bit about the Devious Man. And obviously, uh, last weekend at the Meadowlands, uh, you had a chance to uh, face Walner, kind of looked him right in the eye, but Walner just uh, a monster. But Devious Man, your horse is certainly a very, very nice horse as well. Tell us a little bit about him. Um, he's he's just a, a very nice horse. He does his job, uh, you know. And obviously, Walner, when he's on his game, is, uh, is uh, a step above everybody. But... Uh, you know, I think Devious Man fits with all the rest of them. And, uh, you know, if uh, anything can happen in a horse race, and uh, hopefully it goes our way and uh, we have a little luck and uh, get a big piece of it. All right. Andy, before we let you go, tell us uh, maybe about some of the other horses that uh, we should watch out for in the Miller's Stable. 
Um, we've got a couple really nice older horses uh, as far as opulent Yankee. And then uh, Tuna Blue Rex has been very good. Uh, he's been a little unfortunate that he hasn't made enough of money to be able to race in the big races. He's eligible to them, just hasn't got enough of money on his card to get into them. But hopefully somewhere along the line he gets to race against the the age trotters in the big races and uh you know and then we got some some uh two-year-olds coming along like mess hall and uh, a few of the others that uh hopefully step up and uh and uh make their presence felt in the big races andy you've got a horse today that uh, just uh, you'll be racing at harris philadelphia today which uh, starts at twelve forty. and uh, i did want to ask you about a horse today uh for those people that may be listening that uh, i don't know may want to wager a couple of bucks but you have a horse by the name of lions princess ruby in race seven she's starting from post position one she's a three-year-old philly pacer and she's making her debut for you guys what can you tell us about her um, we've only had her, uh, two weeks now, and, uh, I don't think we've really got the kinks ironed out yet, but, uh, you know, uh, this is her, her first start for us, and, uh, I think she's going to put in a good effort, and, uh, you know, hopefully she's right there at the end, and, and we can improve off of today. We'll know a lot more after we race her today, but, uh, you know, I think she'll be okay today. All right, that was the voice of the Orange Crush, Andy Miller. Andy, listen, we really appreciate you joining us, my friend. Good luck uh, throughout 2017 and beyond. Thank you very much for having me. All right, that's uh, Andy Miller. And, you know, I'll tell you one thing I've noticed, Mike. Now, we've talked to Tim Tietrich on this program. We've talked to Tony Morgan. We've talked to Andy Miller. One thing that these guys have in common is their Illinois background. And they all have managed to hold on to that Illinois phone number. <laughs> Sounds like you with your, uh, oh, wait, yours is California. I thought yours was still Michigan. I was going to say, wait a minute. No, yeah, they all manage. Go ahead. I was going to say, you know, at one time when I moved out here, when I first moved out at Harris, Philadelphia, and I moved to Maryland, okay, I, had a, I, had, uh, I lived in Maryland, worked in Pennsylvania, had a California license plate, and a Michigan driver's license. <laughs> and I got pulled and I got pulled over one day and uh it was it was like I trying to explain that to a cop wasn't a very pleasant experience let me tell you <laughs> Listen I wonder uh listen I wonder if some of their uh plates have changed but talk about humble Mike uh you know Andy Miller like the rest of them are just so so humble about their careers you know some of them have had illustrious careers. I think you heard me say it. He's made, I mean, over $113 million in his wow. career and still just as humble as can be. Uh, that's a uh, that's a great feat, if you ask me. Yeah, no question about it. Well, let's uh, roll right along, Mike. We still have a lot to get to on the program. Our good friend Frank Saliv will be joining us in about 15 minutes or so, plus Steve O'Toole uh, from Plain Ridge and Darren Gagne. That's coming up next. Uh, we'll hear about Running Aces as he hosts the weekly Running Aces segment. You've got Post Time with Mike and Mike, presented by Bet America. Running Aces Casino and Racetrack is the premier harness racing facility and card club in the Upper Midwest, located just off I-35 and just north of the Twin Cities in beautiful Minnesota and available at simulcast centers and on ADWs across North America. With live harness racing action on Tuesday, Saturday, and Sunday nights from May through September. This season, Running Aces introduces the new 20-cent jackpot pick five wager. For more information, visit our website, runaces.com. 
Hey, it's Darren Gagne here, and it's time to talk some running aces. A fantastic week of live racing just wrapped up at Running Aces. It all started back on Saturday night, July 22nd. The $13,000 Minnesota Sired three-year-old pacing event was the feature on the program on Saturday night. And what it do, Baby Boo, the filly, winning another race. Amazing last-to-first rally in a lifetime best, 153-4. and four. What it do, Baby Boo, was 5-2 to two on the board, one of the favorites in the field. Steve Wiseman in the sulky. Uh, she sat back uh, through the early fractions of 27-3 and 57-1. And and she was still last at the three-quarter pole when the timer read 124-4. and four. But Wiseman got her rolling, and what it do, Baby Boo swept by the entire field to win, posting a length-and-a-half victory once again in 153-4 and four for a lifetime mark, her 10th lifetime win in 16 starts. What it do, Baby Boo is owned by the Van Otterloo Stables of Iowa, David Flynn, the winning trainer. On Saturday night, it was mostly a night of upsets with only one winning favorite on the card. The biggest upset of the night came with C.W. Reasonette, a 26-to-1 long shot, a $54 winner in the featured Tronic event, a $6,400 contest with driver Steve Wiseman once again in the sulky and C.W. Reasonette posting a very sharp win uh, in a time of 158-2, a new lifetime mark for owners of Piece of the Action and trainer Kathy Plusted. Wiseman. It was the first win on the card and a very big night for Steve Wiseman, who had a grand slam on the eight-race program on Saturday. Also on Saturday night, 21-year-old trainer-driver Brady Jensen posting his very first-ever driving double on a parimutuel program when he guided two of his own trainees to victory on Saturday, both at long odds. First, he made a sharp sweeping move with his three-year-old gelding pacer, Mark 1027, who paid $18 to win, to circle the field down the backstretch and make it two wins in a row with a new lifetime mark in 156-2 in a $4,400 conditioned event. Then later, he guided his four-year-old trotting mare, Hall of Riches, to her first lifetime win in two minutes and three-fifths with a brilliant drive, splitting rivals turning for home and getting up at the wire by a neck returning $40.60 at the windows. Both of those horses owned by the Jensen family. Also on the Saturday program, a very nice $4,000 condition pacing event for horses and geldings, and Lil' Orphan Elmer was the star of the show in that affair, getting to the wire first at 5-2, to two, returning $7.40 to win. Wiseman in the bike once again, Got Little Orphan Elmer moving just uh, past the half mile first over, and he really took off, opening up a big lead and holding on gamely in the stretch to most of his lead. Two and three quarter length win at the wire in 154 flat. Little Orphan Elmer's owned by Scott Ehrlich and George McChrystal and trained by Kathy Plested Wiseman. Once again, Steve Wiseman had a grand slam on the Saturday night program of racing. Luke Plano had a driving double, and Brady Jensen with a driving double on Saturday. Then on Sunday, Sunday was the big day, uh, close out the Dan Patch weekend at Running Aces with the $35,000 Dan Patch free-for-all pace, and it was Fire Drake who dominated the Dan Patch free-for-all pace on Sunday as a 5-1 to one upset in the field over the big favorite Roland and Rock. Trainer driver Nick rolling on the bike on Fire Drake, wasting no time and sending Fire Drake right to the lead from post position five in the very talented field of seven, setting some very, very good fractions on the front end, 28 flat, 56 and two, and then facing very heavy pressure from that big favorite Roland and Rock in the uh, 
middle portions of the race and around the final turn, but Fire Drake had all the answers for both Roland and Rock and the entire field as he turned on the afterburners, pacing home in 27-1 and for a lifetime mark, 152-1 win to take the Dan Patch free-for-all trophy. Fire Drake is owned by Jessica Johnson of Minnesota and, again, trained and driven by Nick Rowland. Megatron finishing second for driver James Yoder and Brett Boyd. And finishing in third was Roland and Rock with driver Steve Wiseman and the bike. But it was all Fire Drake and the big Dan Patch free-for-all pace on Sunday at Running Aces. Also on the Sunday program, Almar Money Glide upsetting at 31 to 1 in the $13,000 Minnesota Sired Tronic event. Almar Money Glide, big upset there. Uh, Steve Wiseman in the sulky, 201 and 1, the winning time for trainer Brady Jensen. Almar Money Glide, big win, $65 winner in the $13,000 three year old Trotting event on Sunday. There were only three winning favorites in 12 races on the Sunday program at Running Aces as well. And driver Steve Wiseman posted another Grand Slam on Sunday, so two consecutive nights with four wins on the program for driver Steve Wiseman on Sunday. And on Tuesday night, LMNOP, the two-year-old pacing filly was razor sharp in the $8,000 Minnesota Sire two-year-old filly pace on Tuesday night, delivering as the favorite and clearly validating that her dominating wing last week versus the boys was certainly no fluke. LMNOP stopped the timer this week in 156-2 for a new lifetime mark for owner Merlin Van Otterloo and trainer Brett Ballinger and driver Steve Wiseman, LMNOP, very, very sharp once again on Tuesday night at Running Aces. Also Tuesday night, the $10,000 Open Handicap Trot was another edition of the Banker Volo Show at Running Aces as the amazing 8-year-old trotting stallion by Yankee Glide posted his biggest win ever. Compliments of some fast early fractions up front by his rivals, Banker Volo took control of the field just before the half-mile pole and he waved goodbye to his four rivals in the contest going on to victory by 16 and a half lengths in 154-2 and two to equal his own all-age track record. Banker Bowl is owned by Daniel Rowland of Grinnell, Iowa, trained by Jenny King. He has been handled regularly this season by Luke Plano. And Banker Volo will also be standing stud at Ginger Farms during his offseason. $10,000 Mayor's Open Pace went to race favorite Gold Star Misty, who turned in another sparkling performance with uh, trainer and driver James J.D. Yoder in the bike, putting her in motion past the quarter-mile pole. She traveled first over, then dropped into the pocket down the backstretch behind the front-running Best of Jenna, who was very, very game. But Gold Star Misty angling from the pocket in the stretch was able to power pass right at the wire. Gold Star Misty getting up to win by a half a length over Best of Jenna in 151-1 for her fifth win in seven starts this year for owner-breeder Marianne Audley of Florida. Gold Star Misty, once again, very sharp winner in the $10,000 Mayor's Open Pace getting up over Best of Jenna at the wire. In the $13,000 two-year-old Minnesota Sired Trot, that one went to Braganod. A gelding by Braggart, it was his second win in three lifetime starts. Trainer driver Nick Rollins steered him to a gate-to-wire tally by a length and three quarters in 203 and 4. Four owners set the pace racing. Once again, it was Braganod in the $13,000 two-year-old Minnesota Sired Trot on Tuesday night. 
And we had four drivers picking up doubles on the Tuesday program. Tim Mayer, James J.D. Yoder, Rick McGee, and Dean McGee, all with driving doubles on Tuesday's card. Live racing at Running Aces every Tuesday night, 7 p.m. Central, Saturday and Sunday nights, post time, 6 p.m. Central. Tuesday, Saturday, and Sunday, racing all the way through September 16th. Running Aces Casino and Racetrack is the premier harness racing facility and card club in the Upper Midwest, located just off I-35 and just north of the Twin Cities in beautiful Minnesota and available at simulcast centers and on ADWs across North America. With live harness racing action on Tuesday, Saturday, and Sunday nights from May through September. This season, Running Aces introduces the new 20-cent jackpot pick five wager. For more information, visit our website, runaces.com. And it looks like I forgot to hit my unmute button. So nobody heard what I just said. We're back on this edition of Post Time with Mike and Mike. Mike Carter alongside of Mike Bozich will be joined by Fort Erie track announcer Frank Salib, who's going to talk about his 150,000th race call that happened at Kawartha Downs in Canada earlier this week. But first, we wanted to touch on uh, something that did happen uh, this week. Um, uh, Actually... It was last Thursday, uh, not long after we went off the air uh, here on Post Time with Mike and Mike. uh, Buffalo Raceway uh, suffered some uh, pretty extensive damage uh, from a tornado that struck the area. Um, And for those of you who uh, know me, um, I lived in Hamburg for a couple of years. Uh, I spent two years at Buffalo Raceway as their track announcer. And, um, you know, we uh, we never had tornadoes. We had snow but never tornadoes and uh, uh, the tornado uh, touched down and uh, took out uh, my old office. Mike, the announcer's booth uh, was completely destroyed. Uh, some other things and they had to forcefully uh, cancel the remainder of their program. But that happened not, uh, not long after we went off the air uh, last week. Well, I'll tell you, that was a terrible thing. And I know there were some pictures that were put up there and, and, uh, but once again, Mike, thank God that nobody was hurt. I mean, all the horses were safe and that could have been a very, right. very bad situation. So, you know what, Mike, we'll take property damage any day over personal damage. You know, that's I mean, the, it, that's, that's the truth. I mean, you know, I, I, the, uh, real quick and then we'll get to Frank, uh, you know, yeah. like I was just saying, my, my old announcer's booth in the charter stand, the, the tornado went right through it. I mean, yeah. somebody could have very easily been standing there. And so, uh, you know, we're just thankful that uh, nobody was injured, nobody was hurt, and uh, we can uh, we can go on and live another day. All right, let's take a very quick timeout. When we come back, it's Frank Salib on Post Time with Mike and Mike, presented by Bet America. The Kentucky Sire Stinks is a culmination of a month-long series of preliminary races with the biggest money earners getting a chance to compete in one of the richest finals in North America. The Kentucky Sire Stinks includes two- and three-year-old pacers and trotters competing for over $2 million in purses. All the races are conducted at the historic Red Mile in Lexington, Kentucky. The series starts on Thursday, August 17th at 7 p.m. For more information, visit khrc.ky.gov. That's khrc.ky.gov.
summer racing heats up at the Downs at Mohegan Sun Pocono. Catch all the action Saturday, Monday, and Tuesday with a post time of 6.30 and Sunday at 7.30 p.m. In July and August, it's the two- and three-year-old trotters and pacers in the spotlight in Pennsylvania Sire Stakes and Pennsylvania Stallion Series action. Follow us on Twitter for all things racing at Downs at MSP at Downs at MSP. Mohegan Sun Pocono. Join us for the 23rd Annual National Standard Bread Horse Show, August 12th and 13th at the Horse Park of New Jersey. Pre-entries closed July 26th. The visions offered include English, Western, Driving, Dressage, In-Hand, Showmanship, Gated, Jumper, Hunter, Speed, Fun, Equitation, Fresh Off the Track, Jersey Bread, and Roadster. There'll also be a stick horse rodeo for children between 3 and 10. Also, want a chance to receive $200 in cash and a custom belt buckle? Participate in the Pacing for the Cure in-hand trail. Visit sphonj.org for more information. That's sphonj.org for more information. It's the 23rd Annual National Standard Bread Horse Show, August 12th and 13th at the Horse Park of New Jersey, presented jointly by the SPHO of New Jersey and the SBOA of New Jersey and our numerous sponsors. Pre-entries close July 26th. Be there! We're back on this edition of Post Time with Mike and Mike. Mike Carter alongside of Mike Bozich, and we're joined now by track announcer Frank Salive. Frank, how's it going, buddy? Doing great up here in Ontario. I'm looking across from Fort Erie, Ontario, at the Buffalo, New York Yacht Club. So that's where I am at this moment, just beside the Peace Bridge. There you go. Well, Frank, uh, listen, you've had an extraordinary week. Uh, you called your 150,000th race call, and then uh, I sat and listened on Tuesday night as you called the second leg of the Canadian Triple Crown uh, for the Thoroughbreds. Uh, talk to us uh, a little bit about the week that you had and uh, how exciting it was. Well, it was a great week because the uh, racing opportunities in Ontario, just as you just said, uh, allowed me to do two breeds uh, within three days. So um, back here in Ontario, and you know I'm well after 60 years of age now, so I'm based in the summer from May to October at Fort Erie Racetrack, which is a thoroughbred track across from Buffalo, New York. And I'm also kind of the the old reliable go-to guy for the summer standard bred tracks here in Ontario when they need a a summer pinch hitter or, uh, you know, somebody to announce the races uh, because most of those tracks are reduced to about 15 dates a year. So it's, the staffing is a little bit tricky with uh, nobody able to look at it nowadays. But uh, guys like me are able to come back and pick up some summer work. And it works out great for everyone. Frank, it's Mike Bozich here. Frank, uh, tell us a little bit about your career. How did you get started in the sport of racing? I grew up across from Windsor, Detroit. So... Um, when Stanley Dancer brought Albatross to Windsor Raceway in 1970 and Joe O'Brien brought Fresh Yankee uh, to Windsor Raceway in 1970, I was 15 years old and um, <clears throat> friends of mine, my hometown of Leamington, about 35 miles um, southeast of Windsor, Detroit, um, 
they started uh, letting me tag along to Windsor Raceway. And uh, really, that's how I started. Then uh, when I became of driving age, which in those years was age 16 in 1971, I was able to start going to the Michigan tracks as well. So I had enormous fun in those years at uh, Hazel Park and Northville Downs. I went up to Sports Creek quite a bit. And, of course, the Southwest Ontario tracks of the day, uh, but primarily uh, Windsor Raceway. Now, Frank, uh, you've gotten a chance to call a ton of really big races in your uh, in your illustrious career. But, you know, all of us have our story as to how we got started announcing. Was there something about the announcer that kind of just sparked your interest? Or was this something where you wanting to go like into radio or TV kind of like Mike Bozich was? That's a great, great question. And really, uh, that hits on how most of it are. So uh, in the 70s, uh, actually, I played at the top level of uh, under 20 hockey in Canada. I was a goalie. And uh, a known trivia fact is that I was a 1975 draft choice of the Pittsburgh Penguins in the 10th round. Uh, but I never did play professionally. So I'd always aspired to a career in broadcasting. And as a brash young uh, 20-something, I thought, well, you know, I've done hockey play-by-play. I've done news, sports, weather, commercials. I had voice roles in a lot of movies, TV shows. And um, immediately drove the play-by-play from. So fortunately, in those years in uh, Windsor and Michigan and Ohio, I had access to Marty Adler and Calvert and Jack Griggs, and Sam McKee at Toledo. Uh, we became friends in 1970 years ago now. So um, I became a composite, kind of, of all of those guys that I heard early on in life and in my career. And then I tried to add the best of what I thought I could bring. And uh, here we are today, 150,000 races later, and uh, over 42 years later as well. That's unbelievable. What a what a great career. Frank, uh you know, you've done a lot of different things, as, as you mentioned before, a play-by-play of a lot of different sports and uh, voiceovers and talk shows and all of those different types of things. As far as calling sports versus calling racing, um, do you believe calling races, do you find that more difficult than actually calling sporting events? Definitely. Because of the high level of accountability that has come in the internet age to the announcer function. Um, <clears throat> I guess I reduced it instead of trying to overthink it. I reduced it to just wanting to avoid a couple of public uh, adjectives to describe my work. So I always would strive to avoid accusations of uh, inaccuracy for sure. And uh, at least as important as that is uh, playing favorites. So as long as you avoided accusations of inaccuracy or favoritism, I think uh, anything else is going to be just ancillary and unimportant. Um, as long as you can be accurate and as impartial as far as is possible with, you know, most of the standard bread race calls, uh, you're doing the full building quarters. And then in the day and age of Internet and television, uh, the contenders for the trifecta, superfecta or high five at the finish. So as long as you meet those goals, race in, race out, and as long as nobody can accuse you, of uh, inaccuracy or favoritism, uh, then I think you're good. Uh, now, part and parcel of being human, though, is that you're going to make mistakes from time to time. You know, the greatest like Walter Cronkite, if you listen long and hard enough, 
you could find a slip in a syllable or a, some sort of a minor factual inaccuracy. But that's part. That's just part and parcel of being human. You know, there's two kind of mistakes. One is negligence. And then the other is just humanity. So uh, as long as the mistakes you do make are the uh, byproduct of a forthright professional effort, then uh, and you avoid favoritism and uh, inaccuracy allegations, then I really do think you're on the path to uh, doing it right to best serve the diverse, uh, you know, groups at the track that we have to, we have to serve. Number one is the patrons. And I think uh, then the rest that follow in no particular order of importance would be uh, after the patrons would be the horse people, management and TV directors. So you're trying to please all of these groups at the same time, but it comes back to avoiding allegations of inaccuracy or favoritism. Now, Frank, uh, you you touched briefly on somebody you got to listen to, and uh, who is a who was a great friend of mine and Mike Bozich's and uh, Sam McKee. Uh, but before we touch on that, I have to I have to tell you. So, Rock and Roll Hanover is probably one of my favorite horses of all time, and I, I still in my head can remember you saying, "Rock and Roll totally rocked the house at Woodbine." When when you saw Rock and Roll Hanover, um, do, do those kinds of things just come to you as as you call the race, or would, do these things are, are they planned out ahead of time? Uh, they as the years wore on, they became more and more planned ahead of time, and the the whole notion of uh, putting something memorable into it. Uh, was really, um, you know, brought to us by the likes of Sam McKee and Tom Durkin, one of my old Canadian colleagues, Dan Loisel. Otherwise, you know, when you see these races, it's just going to be, or especially without sound even, uh, it's just going to be horses going around in an oval or on, you know, on the track. But when you can put some special words to it, uh, then that's what makes it memorable. And it, like I said, it's a day and age of amazingly high accountability for the announcers because the owners breeders uh you know a lot of the trainers and drivers they're keeping these races in their own personal dvd collections uh for you know the decades to come uh, they're posted online nowadays so every race is the legacy of your work so you know i had the extraordinary privilege to just be the right guy in the right place for uh to call 80 breeders crown finals and uh, 16 each of the North America cup Canadian pacing derby and on and on. I could go with the, the major Toronto stakes races, but uh, the, the level of accountability is, is high, but uh, the exhilaration and the fun is just out of the ballpark. Now, Frank, uh, we, we, we talked about Sam McKee a little bit, and uh, unfortunately, you know, we all know uh, about uh, uh, Sam's passing earlier this year. What is your favorite uh, maybe Sam moment that you had, or, you know, maybe it was a time when you guys met up or talked, or, you know, maybe it was something you heard during a race call? I, I first, you know, from my home base near Windsor, Detroit, started going to Toledo Raceway Park in uh, the of seven. I know he went on to a great series. And the, uh, the other breed, the thoroughbreds at, um, in Detroit at um, the old Wolverine uh, Raceway, it was called for the harness people, but for the thoroughbreds, it was called Detroit Racecourse. I think Mike Bozich knows all of that history, too. So, um, but Sam had an enormous passion for the game, and he really adhered uh, to those lofty goals of avoiding allegations of inaccuracy or, or favoritism. And uh, probably one of my favorite early Sam McKee calls was, I think it was 1987, 
when Mac Lobel and John Campbell came to town uh, to soundly defeat the best that uh, Toledo could offer that night, including uh, Dan Ader's Shimitar and a good other cast of horses. But um, Sam let me uh, go up into the press box with him that night, and it was a wonderful, wonderful memory. But, uh, you know, I'm talking about things 30 years ago now, but it's just like it was yesterday. Frank, before we let you go, maybe some of the uh, new guys coming up in the business, some of the new announcers uh, that are getting their feet wet, what advice would you uh, give to them? Uh, Again, focus your thoughts. Uh, You know, a lot of people are going to read you your pedigree a lot of different ways. Don't get your feelings hurt. Listen to your own replays. And if you have uh, avoided favoritism and been as accurate as possible, the rest of it is just style and window dressing you know it's this old discussion about the steak or the sizzle which is better well you know you got to deliver the steak a lot of guys deliver a lot of sizzle but they got to deliver the steak too and uh, in the day and age of television and mass marketing tv and internet uh, at the wire you got to do the trifecta the superfecta the high five whatever uh, so I think the the focus on serving the patrons number one uh, has to be your goal. Race in, race out. There's still a lot of leeway to it your way and put your own personal stamp on it, and it's your words and your voice tone. Uh, but you must, at all costs, avoid fa- allegations of favoritism or any kind of inaccuracy as far as is humanly possible. Now, Frank, you've been at this uh, since the mid-70s, and obviously the sport of harness racing is, uh, and horse racing in general has gone through quite a few changes uh, throughout that time. Tell us a little bit about how you feel racing has changed from maybe the mid-70s until present day. So uh, that's a great question, Mike, because I had a unique Canadian vantage point to see all of this transpire. In the 90s, uh, there was a kind of an explosion of off-track betting, uh, where, uh, you know, we at the Toronto tracks and Ontario tracks would, you know, really promote it as a big deal if we were bringing in one Meadowlands race for simulcasting or whatever. And then that exploded to full card simulcasting. And then just over 17 years ago, the Internet came. So uh, racing has had to go kicking and screaming in some jurisdictions, uh, kicking and screaming to embrace these advancements, but we have to. We have to, uh, you know, embrace these new technologies. Uh, you know, to stand here and say I have the perfect knowledge for bringing in the female 18 to 49 demographic, nobody has that magic wand to wave. I think it's all of the essential components of customer service, uh, you know, embracing, putting racing out there to the mobile devices. I know uh, the um, online portals in America, uh, I could name them, but uh, you know what I'm talking about. Oh, yeah. They allow mobile devices. And um, so uh, all of these things have evolved, but it's been a fascinating front row seat uh, to be the explo- see the explosion of off-track betting in the 90s and then racing struggle uh, to become a television show really was just starting over 17 years ago with the arrival of the Internet. What's next for Frank Salif? Tell us where we can hear you and uh, what's uh, going to be going on over the next few years. Um, as far as I know, I'm... I'm going to be at Fort Erie, so that's from the end of May to mid-October for the Thoroughbreds. Uh, like I said, I'm the you know 62-year-old old reliable guy uh, for the Ontario seasonal summer harness tracks or even at Mohawk. Uh, I don't know if you heard the big development here in Ontario, but Mohawk is undergoing a winterization. Yep. So um, 
Ontario Harness Racing will, for the uh, Woodbine Circuit, will be consolidated at Mohawk as of the 10th of 2018. So that is very, very exciting uh, from a lot of standpoints. But you'd have to talk to the horse people for a sense of, of how they view that. Because there's good and bad about that, you know, about... Um, no more live harness racing in the Metro Toronto market. But on the other hand, 95% of the wagering is off track. So uh, these two factors, I think, went heavily into their decision. But as for me personally, yeah, um, I winter in Florida, so I'm right halfway between Pompano Park and Gulfstream Park, and I'm good friends with all of the staffs and announcers there. Spend a a lot of wonderful uh, days, November through April, in the Gulfstream press box with a fabulous announcer. Uh, His name is Pete Aiello at Gulfstream and uh, at Pompano Park. Of course, Gabe Pruitt and John Barry are, you know, great, great guys. Uh, They do wonderful, wonderfully insightful television shows. And, uh, you know, what would Pompano be without the Canadians, right? Uh, There's so many Canadians in the crowd every night and in the uh, trainer and driver colony. So um, Gabe Pruitt and John Barry at Pompano do a phenomenal job, as does Pete Aiello. And, uh, you know, all of their TV hosts at Gulfstream, uh, really you know, a great place to be. And uh, I guess the end of the day, I'm really fortunate I haven't seen snow for seven or eight years. So <laughs> that's the best part of the, that's part of the snow. That's one of the major upsides, Mike, of the, of the snowbird's life. No question about it. Well, Frank, listen, we appreciate you joining us. Congratulations on your 150,000th uh, race call. That is an unbelievable feat. And uh, we look forward to hearing a, a lot more of you in the near future, my friend. Thank you so much, Mike. It took a big step forward, by the way, when the slots at race, you know, slots at racetracks program used to be in effect here in Ontario. Fifteen years ago, back in the day, I used to work 325 programs a year. Wow. Some Saturdays I was tripling up with going to qualifying races somewhere. And, uh, you know, things have changed in Ontario with a government decision that we could discuss at length some other time. But um, so that opportunity to double and triple up in a given day doesn't exist really anymore. But I'm very, very thankful for the life I've had because I grew up, you know, just outside a small town called Leamington, Ontario, near Windsor, Detroit, picking Heinz for uh, picking tomatoes for Heinz ketchup. So wow. to have gone from the from the tomato fields uh, to this great, great, unbelievable life that racing has given me, I am so blessed and so fortunate. And uh, the friends and stories uh, along the way have been just absolutely fantastic. Well, I'll tell you what, Harness Racing is equally as fortunate to have you around, my friend. We appreciate it, buddy. Thanks, Mike. Keep up the great work you're doing, okay? All right, you too. Our paths will cross soon. Take care and keep up the great work. Thanks, Frank. Thank you. Wow. That just gives me goosebumps, Mike Carter, when we when we have, uh, I mean, a guy, just a legendary track announcer, a legendary track announcer like Frank Saleeb. And, and you know, it was always my opinion, and, and Mike, obviously every announcer has their different style. But, you know, when Frank came around, Frank, I think, changed a lot of it and influenced a lot of the current styles that you hear today because Frank brought like a a play-by-play feel to it like you were watching a sporting event as opposed to kind of the old rodeo call if you will right I completely agree I mean you know and, and the you know there was sort of a sense of calm about him yeah. kind of almost like a Fred Capicello 
type of race call. And, you know, uh, for those who don't know who that is, he, you know, he was a longtime Naira announcer. But, you know, the one thing about Frank, he is smooth, he's consistent, and he's correct about his race calls. I mean, that's the thing. You know, the, he, he said it. You have to be accurate uh, as an announcer, and, you know, you're going to make your mistakes or whatever. But, you know, Frank has done a fantastic job, and wow, 150,000 race calls. What a career. That's right. And, you know, he brought up uh, two really great friends of ours, two good young announcers, both in the harness and the thoroughbred field. Of course, Gabe Pruitt and Gabe's been on the show many times. Matter of fact, you'll be hearing Gabe uh, over the next uh, month and a half or two months. He's going to talk some Kentucky racing with us uh, at the Red Mile and uh, Pete Aiello, uh, just uh, an unbelievable uh, young talent who's uh, got a chance, who had a chance to call the Pegasus Cup, the first ever Pegasus Cup last year at Gulfstream. And, and uh, I'll tell you what, I'm glad. Frank brought those guys up because those are two bright beacons in the announcing world, no question. Yeah, definitely. I completely agree with that statement, with the exception of Gabe Pruitt. Listen, no, you know, we can't talk we can't talk any good about no, I'm just kidding. Gabe, I know you're listening, but uh anyways, no, I'm totally kidding. Well, Mike, coming up next, we're gonna talk some more harness racing. This time we're gonna go to the trot, the spirit of Massachusetts with Steve O'Toole. You had a chance to sit down with him yesterday and uh talk a little bit about it. Yep, it's uh, it was a very good interview, and uh, we're gonna hear from Steve O'Toole coming up next on Post Time with Mike and Mike, presented by Bet America. Now at Bet America, every track is a bonus track. Earn rewards points for every wager you make on every track. We also offer more points for all exotic wagers, and don't forget about our weekly promos. Check our calendar to see how you can earn double points on featured tracks and races. Sign up for Bet America today. To start earning points and get up to a $400 bonus with our new 200% deposit match. See our website for reward point state restrictions. Looking for the hottest Hambletonian party around? Coming out to the official Hambletonian party at Victory Lounge and Sports Bar at the Meadowlands, Friday, August 4th at 6 p.m. Tickets are just $50 and they include appetizers, desserts, open bar, and $25 at casino chips. $125 gets you all of the above, plus a seat at the charity poker tournament. First place in the tournament gets you a trip for two to Las Vegas, including airfare and hotel. For more information, email operations at harnessmuseum.com. That's operations at harnessmuseum.com. The Kentucky Sire Stinks is a culmination of a month-long series of preliminary races with the biggest money earners getting a chance to compete in one of the richest finals in North America. The Kentucky Sire Stinks includes two- and three-year-old pacers and trotters competing for over $2 million in purses. All the races are conducted at the historic Red Mile in Lexington, Kentucky. The series starts on Thursday, August 17th at 7 p.m. For more information, visit khrc.ky.gov. That's khrc.ky.gov. We're back on Post Time with Mike and Mike, presented by Bet America. Mike Bozich, along with Mike Carter. Right now, we're joined by the director of racing at Plain Ridge Park in Massachusetts, Steve O'Toole. Steve, we certainly appreciate you joining us, my friend. How are you? Nice to be with you guys. Thank you for having me. 
Steve, you've got a big weekend coming up, and what a trot race you guys had! It's you guys have coming up. It's the first inaugural Spirit of Massachusetts, going for a purse of two hundred and fifty thousand dollars. And we were talking a little bit off the air uh, about this, the depth of this field, and this has to be one of the best trotting fields i think assembled not only obviously in the history of the state of massachusetts but uh, probably ever your thoughts well i think you know we, we really had an opportunity in the schedule that my race secretary paul verrett uh saw with, for these types of horses and uh, uh we just couldn't be happier the way that it, it all landed and, and fell into place uh you know uh you know, Hanover Hanover wins the race, uh, possibly a world record on a five-eighths mile track. Uh, we got some, you know, resolve and and uh, Obergado coming back here with Paul Kelly. I mean, there's a lot of nice angles to the race, and 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 it's so competitive from one to nine. Yeah, there certainly is. I mean, you've got Hanalore Hanover Crazy Wild, J.L. Cruz, Wind of the North, Cufflink Hanover, Resolve, Maestro, Blue Chip, Abrogado, and Trolley. That is just a heavy-hitting field. But, uh, you know, for you guys, um, obviously, you know, slots came to you guys uh, not too long ago, and it was really a struggle before then. Talk to us about how much this race means to you guys because, uh, you know, hey, you guys have uh, kind of been through the trials and tribulations until slots are uh, you know we have, and, and, and you know it's, it's it's a shame that you know we we, we took such a dip because Massachusetts is, it has a long history of of having uh, great harness racing at the turn of the century. The first two minute miles were were trotted and paced right over in Reedville, and uh, the first uh, race for ten thousand dollars in the late. 1880s was at Beacon Park right outside of Boston, and uh, at one point in time, New York, Philly, and Boston were uh, very big in harness racing, and Boston was the hub of the trotting universe, as it was coined in one of the New York papers. And so, for this to come back around for us, uh, as you know, as 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 close as distinction as you could get, we were. And uh, now that now bounce back, and our, our local guys are, are enjoying uh, some prosperity here, and uh, and this race puts us back on the national map. Certainly, it's a beautiful thing. Let's talk about the day coming up. What do you guys got planned for uh, some of the patrons that'll be coming up? So we, uh, we've, my staff has been working uh, pretty hard. They have a, a hat giveaway. We've got we've got rematch Patriot Raven uh, Patriot Falcons tickets on October. 22nd that we're going to be uh, for the rematch of the Super Bowl between Tom Brady and Matt Ryan uh, that we're going to be giving away to uh, one customer. What we're going to do is have the customers take their losing tickets and put them in a, a boxes that are numbered one through nine, and whichever horse wins the race, we're going to draw the winning uh, pair of Patriot tickets from there. Uh, we have uh, the Mountain State Police are going to be here. There's a group of uh, uh, militiamen that uh, fire off their muskets after the Patriots score a touchdown. They're going to be here um, to, to do some photo ops with the crowd and stuff. So we've got a pretty good, we've got a beautiful uh, open trot before the uh, before the Spirit of Massachusetts that has five horses that were eligible to the Massachusetts uh, Spirit of Massachusetts in it. So that's going to be a good race as well. Yeah, no question about it. Uh, Steve O'Toole joining us from Plain Ridge. Well, listen, Steve, we certainly appreciate you joining us. Uh, we are really looking forward to the big spirit of Massachusetts Trot. Do you want to give us a pick? Do you have anybody that uh, you kind of like? I'm rooting for uh, Hanover. I'm rooting for the girl. 
<laughs> All right, it's going to be interesting, of course, and she does draw post position number one. Uh, Steve, we appreciate you joining us, and uh, best of luck come uh, Saturday, my friend. Thank you very much. Thanks for having me. Such a haunting and familiar tune When I hear it in the distance I can say That I'm home In Massachusetts When my daughters and my wife They wait for me Stable, our mission is to provide fair market for owners of yearlings while giving investors the most informative way to purchase all of or part of a horse. The Stable will cater to all budgets by having an open fractional buying market and a flat rate billing system. At the Stable, we aim to minimize the risk in buying and maximize the benefit of selling. Visit thestable.ca or give Anthony McDonald a call at 519-400-4263. That's 519-400-4263. It's thestable.ca. Join Meadowlands Racing and Entertainment for their fourth annual of Food Truck Seafood Festival, Saturday, July 29th. The event begins at 6 p.m. on the East Apron near the Winter Circle. Plus, there's a chance for a peel and eat as many shrimp as you can contest in two minutes. For more information, visit PlayMetalLands.com. Join us for the 23rd Annual National Standard Bread Horse Show, August 12th and 13th at the Horse Park of New Jersey. Pre-entries close July 26th. The visions offered include English, Western, Driving, Dressage, In-Hand, Showmanship, Gated, Jumper, Hunter, Speed, Fun, Equitation, Fresh Off the Track, Jersey Bread, and Roadster. There'll also be a stick horse rodeo for children between 3 and 10. Also, want a chance to receive $200 in cash and a custom belt buckle? Participate in the Pacing for the Cure in-hand trail. Visit sphonj.org for more information. That's sphonj.org for more information. It's the 23rd Annual National Standard Bread Horse Show, August 12th and 13th at the Horse Park of New Jersey, presented jointly by the SPHO of New Jersey and the SBOA of New Jersey and our numerous sponsors. Pre-entries close July 26th. Be there! Ah, go Benjamin. Be there. How do you think he did on that, by the way, Mike? Listen, I'll tell you what. I've been listening to that. I absolutely love it. It sounds great. And the fact that you're able to get it stretched out like that is uh, pretty awesome, too. Yeah, it took a little bit of production, but uh, we were able to pull it off. Well, I'll tell you what. I don't know where this uh, last hour and 15 minutes has gone, Mike, but we what a what a whirlwind show. Special thanks to our guest, Andy Miller, uh, Steve O'Toole, Frank Salive. Kevin Decker, a good friend, uh, Darren Gagne, and uh, Mike, we've got uh, another live remote coming up. As a matter of fact, we're going to be uh, busybodies over the next couple of weeks. 
Yeah, let me tell you, we are going to be very busy. We've got a metal remote coming up on a Saturday at Meadowlands. Excuse me, next Saturday. Don't yeah, not don't show up this Saturday looking for us. We won't be there. Uh, next Saturday at Meadowlands Racing and Entertainment for the 2017 Hambletonian. Uh, we'll have our time announced for that just as soon as we get a post time schedule. And then, Mike, uh, the following week we're going to be at Hoosier Park for the Dan Patch Stakes. That's right. That's going to be exciting. We've got Dan Patch coming up. Then, of course, it's going to be the Hoosier Pacing uh, Derby as well as, da, 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 of course, the Breeders' Crown. Mike, how can we forget that? Uh, two uh, great days of racing uh, on a Friday and Saturday. And uh, once again, for all information on times, you're going to have to keep it locked to our website, posttimewithmikeandmike.com, as well as our Twitter and Facebook pages. But uh, we're certainly looking forward to it. By the way, Mike, they do have a couple of uh, eliminations coming up on Saturday uh, at the Meadowlands for the Hambletonian Oaks. And I briefly looked those over, Mike, and there are two eliminations, uh, both uh, nine horse fields. And Ariana G is a very, very big favorite. You remember, there was a rumor, I mean, it was kind of floating out there that Ariana G was uh, briefly thinking about the Hambletonian. But I think I think she made the right move sticking to the Oaks. What do you think? Yeah, completely. I think it was uh, in the plans as long as she won the Earl Beal and she did not win yeah. that race. I believe she finished third uh, behind Devious right. Man. So, uh, you know, I think it was a uh, fantastic, uh, fantastic idea by trainer Jimmy Tactor to put her in against the girls. Uh, and he, you know what? He knew when to pick his uh, pick his spots. And I think the uh, the Hambletonian Oaks is going to be good for. Her. She's going to be facing uh, that's all money, um, possibly. Uh, next week with overdraft volo and then of course in the field also is feed your head for uh, jimmy tactor as well so tactor's got a uh, got a few very big horses in this race all right that's coming up this saturday at the meadowlands mike uh, you drew the short end of the stick which means you'll have to wrap it up my friend <laughs> all right we'll see everybody back here at next thursday first post ten thirty. make sure you check out our hoof beats article by charlene sharp thanks everybody for listening we'll see you next week